0: TCU adds a big-time defensive lineman to their 2024 recruiting class. Also, is Brett Yormark doing too much? We'll talk about all that and more next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. Locked on Orange Rock, your team every day. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever it is you listen to podcasts in their audio form. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. You can find me on Twitter at Simcox Stephen. The show is at Locked On TCU. TCU adds a defensive lineman to the 2024 class, Sterling Brooks, a local product from North Crowley High School. He is coming to Fort Worth, big time player. The first thing that jumps about jumps out about Sterling. Excuse me. Is his size, 6'4", 315 pounds. And on Thursday evening, he announced this live uh, on as part of Dave Campbell's broadcast coverage. TCU's had good luck with guys that have announced live on Dave Campbell's Texas high school football. Uh, Tobias Steps, offensive lineman, did that earlier this summer, and now um, Sterling Brooks is added to the fold. This is a player they've been after for a while. Um, I, I chatted with Brian Smith about Sterling not that long ago, and just kind of talked about him as a player. And he was surprised. So he's currently a three-star prospect, according to 247 Sports. Um, Had offers from a lot of different schools, but his finalists that, you know, he chose TCU over were Baylor, Houston, um, SMU, and Kansas. And so they're able to keep him home with some good schools coming after him. Of course, Baylor with Dave Miranda, that's a defensive mind. Uh, and, and Brian Smith told us that Brian Smith is a lockdown recruiting insider. He said when he turned on the tape, he was surprised that Brooks was a three-star player, thought he would have a higher rating. Um, and, of course, you know, we discussed that. You can't teach size. There's obviously a, a big frame here that Coach Kyle Scazzotti, the strength and conditioning coach at TCU, can work with once he gets on campus. And he's big. He's physical. This fits the um, – a three-three-five scheme that Joe Gillespie runs, right? Like, you you need space eaters. You need guys that are able to take double teams, um, especially in the interior defensive line, you know, that can take a combo block from the center and guard, can not allow guys to get up to the second level, can blow up plays um, and allow lineback- linebackers to come through gaps and make tackles. And Brooks certainly seems on the surface like the type of player that can do that. I think he's uh, another, you know – and, and we've discussed this before, but Haas Handy kind of fits this mold, even though Haas is like practically a top 10 quarterback in the nation in this class. And he's been in the Elite 11 finals. So I don't really want to keep calling him like a a dark horse player or a, a player that they have eval- like, out. I mean, they evaluated him early, and I think it was a good pickup. But this is someone now that's pretty well known across the country as one of the top quarterback prospects in the nation. Um, but I think Tobias Steps is a, a better comp for what Brooks brings to the table, different side of the line. But at that O-line position, um, someone who hasn't played offensive line for a long time, has good feet, has good frame, is a player that a lot of recruiting experts think if he has a solid senior year could see his recruitment really pick up. And I, I think Brooks is in that same mold. Now, one interesting thing He spoke with Mike Roach, which Mike Roach has been covering recruiting for a long time. He was uh, specifically on the Texas Longhorns beat for a while, but I think Mike is now like across the state of Texas as a recruiting expert. But he spoke with uh, Mike Roach after his commitment ceremony and said that he still plans to take visits. So he might be going to LSU. He might be going to Oklahoma. Um, And Brooks strikes me as a guy, and I don't say this in a negative way, like he strikes me as a guy that has really enjoyed the recruiting process. I think he likes, you know, going to different schools, seeing what they have to offer, um, going through the official visit process. And I don't blame him. I, like if I was a high school football player that had that type of talent and ability, I would want to see all my options too. And I think I would enjoy enjoy kind of the, you know, um, the attention that I would get from coaching staff on those official visits. And, of course, like you want him to be secure in his decision. But this sounds like it's a commitment and – excited that he's part of this class. It sounds like TC's going to have to do some work to make sure they can get him signed on signing day, as you will with everyone else. Um, But it makes a ton of sense. You know, they brought in Dominic Williams last year, and he's a player that can step in right away and get things done and did. I mean, I think he exceeded expectations in a big way as a freshman. Um, Marcus Deal and Avion Carter are players coming in this season that they really like. Paul Lawale. It's an, an edge rusher that they um, are excited about. Like this coaching staff, Marcus McFarlane, Joe Gillespie, they seem to do a really good job of evaluating talent at that position, finding guys that fit what they want to do. And I think that's a position group where the recruiting has really taken off since Sonny Dykes and this new coaching staff have taken over, which is encouraging to see. Brooks uh, joins Travis Jackson, the edge player from Travis Legacy as the second defensive lineman in this class. It's also kind of nice for TCU to have a commit because it's been a little while. You know, the last, last commitment they have, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, the kicker out outside, of like Carol Kyle, Kyle Limmerman, and that was late June, June 28th. So it's been almost a month since they've had a player um, commit at TCU. And so momentum hopefully now will start to pick up. But I think – they've landed some of the key guys that they wanted out of this first batch of the recruiting cycle. Now they can kind of regroup and go back to the drawing board. They have 11 players now as part of this class. Another interesting angle of this is another North Crowley player, and if that name, if that high school sounds familiar, obviously it's in Fort Worth, but um, also Julian Knox, who has been a backup quarterback in North Crowley the last few years is – projected as an athlete at the next level. TCU apparently wants to use him as a corner. And I think he's going to get some a lot of playing time at corner this year at North Crowley, but he has teammates with, with Sterling Brooks. And so you have two players from a very local school. Sonny Dykes has talked before about building a fence around the DFW area. Everyone wants to do that in recruiting. They want to recruit local. They want to, you know, be the, the people that have their flag staked in the local market but it it definitely appears on the surface like tcu is making conservative efforts to do that and north crowley went three rounds deep in the 6a d1 playoffs last season they got some dudes so um, good to have inroads with that coaching staff with that program feel like you're welcome there feel like you can come in and and get guys to play because hopefully that's a, a high school that keeps training out talent and you can keep getting um, solid players from that group. So Sterling Brooks, a big time interior defensive lineman, defensive tackle from North Crowley. He commits to TCU last night and becomes the 11th player as part of the 2024 class. We'll follow kind of where that leads and where that goes throughout the rest of the summer here on lockdown Horn Frogs. When we come back, is Brett Yormark doing too much? Does he have his hand in too many things? We'll talk about that next on lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, It's your team. And we do this, well, in the summer we do this three times a week. But for the sake of the read, it's your team every day. All right, talking about one of our new sponsors. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it down on the bottom of the screen there, eBay Motors, ebaymotors.com. And uh, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. You know, you you can't get parts that don't fit what you need to do. You have to get this right the first time around um and to do that next time you need parts accessories whatever it is head to ebay motors with ebay's guaranteed fit you can be sure every part of your need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for a green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win When the right parts are guaranteed so the right parts the right fit is guaranteed and they have the right prices so if you're not you know if you're like me you don't know a lot about cars it can be intimidating to shop online for vehicle parts car parts but you're like man i don't know if i'm going to get just um robbed like going to a, a local shop because i don't know what i'm doing i'm talking to somebody and maybe they give me something that's more expensive and if you want to do it online, eBay Motors is the place to go. eBayMotors.com, official sponsor of the Lockdown Network. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. So I was uh, just kind of looking around yesterday online for different things that are going on in the sports world. And Zach Barnett, who writes for Football Scoop, and Zach – Um, I've come to know him a little bit through the years, had him on a radio show I used to do frequently. I like his perspective on things. I think he has a a unique mind. I feel like he thinks about things in a different way than a lot of people do, which I can appreciate. And so there's a ton of praise going on for Brett Yormark, the Big 12 Commissioner right now, and especially when you look at the uh, opposite of that tomorrow or on Friday when you're listening to this, George Glykoff will speak at at Pac-12 media days, and he will speak at Pac-12 media days without a TV deal. There's no TV deal that's expected to be talked about at Pac-12 media days. There appears to be no timetable. And for months now, the Pac-12 has just kind of been flapping in the wind as they search for media partner and it's not there. And they search to try to find a deal that lines up with what the big 12 is doing, which appears to be like $31 million a year per school. And it's not happening. And so they look like, You know, a group with a lot of egg on their face. They look like they're behind the times. And Brett Yormark looks like a forward-thinking commissioner, which is something the Big 12 was sorely lacking, frankly, with Bob Bowlesby at the helm. But Zach Barnett wrote this article, um, and he posed the question. He said, is Brett Yormark essentially doing too much? The Big 12 commissioner has a lot of big ideas. Are they all in the conference's best interest? He discusses some of the things that Brett Yormark is trying to do, and how those might be a mistake. One thing he mentions is, you know, mark has discussed in the past, maybe adding Gonzaga. UConn has been a team where there's been some hot and heavy rumors, bringing them in for basketball, bringing them in for all sports. And then he's talked about bringing in some, you know, basketball-only schools like St. John's, Syracuse. Um, And, of course, the big sort of push that – your mark and the Big 12 has been making since he took over, is for the West Coast, you know, for some of these schools, most likely the four corner schools like Colorado, the Arizona schools, etc. And he discusses is it really wise to, you know, go get a school like UConn, on the East Coast, especially if it's only a basketball only proposition. And I agree with that aspect. Now, Brett yourmark has a clear belief that college basketball is undervalued in the media landscape. He thinks that there is an untapped revenue source there that other conferences are missing out on. I'm not sure that's the case, but he seems to believe that. One thing that stood out to me at Big 12 Media Days when he was talking, he is really new to college football. I mean, this is a a brand-new world to him. He talked about how last season was really the first year he kind of dove into – a college experience i guess if you want to say he's an east coast guy and i think these ideas that he has to branch out more on the east coast are are very much about brett yormark and his east coast bias and i understand like wanting to be a conference that spreads across four time zones i'm just not sure how much money is actually available from adding some of these schools um and from, from being like the premier basketball conference in America, I don't I don't know how much of a revenue source that is. I definitely don't think there's much by adding schools like St. John's. Like if you want to add UConn, Oregon, Zaga, I understand brand name, you know, revenue sport, I get it. Uh, I don't think adding some other basketball-only schools really makes sense. And earlier this week, the Big 12 was out at Rucker Park. The basketball coaches, men's and women's basketball coaches, they put on a youth clinic. Um, for kids at Rucker Park in New York City, famous, you know, probably the most famous playground park in the country. And I don't know how much like revenue that's going to generate or if you're going to be making fans. But I think it's it's nice and it's smart. And that's an idea I'm not going to um, criticize him for. But I, I don't really understand his fascination with trying to grab some of these basketball centric schools across the country. Now, I will say another thing I have kind of picked up on with Brett Your Market Media days is he sat down with the guys at 365 Sports and one idea that he's had is uh, going international like and in, and Big 12 is planning on doing some games in Mexico. You know, basketball game, a few baseball games, maybe some women's soccer games. And I'm like, why is, you know, how does that make sense in the landscape of college sports? Uh, but the way he explained it on 365 Sports was, you know, there's almost 10 million people that live in Mexico City. And so if you can just get a, a very small percentage of the people that live there, even if it's maybe like American transplants that are living there currently, to buy into the Big 12 and to be Big 12 fans, and that's a huge win. And I believe that this is a guy that he – his plan and, and the way he wants to approach things is he is just turning over every rock to see if there's revenue there, which makes sense because everyone's chasing the big 10 and the sec. And so you're not going to get there with just a, your traditional football contract. And so what are the, what are the untapped sources of revenue that maybe other conferences aren't looking into because they don't have to, that the big 12 can look into and and find a way to exploit And your marks doing that. And I think that's really, savvy and forward thinking. Um now to me the most fair criticism that Barnett brings up Zach like Barnett the writer for football scoop. And there's really nothing you can do about it. But I mean I think what, what he's saying is is real and it's a real concern is this is like Brett Yormark is obviously a pretty restless guy, pretty impatient. He wants to get things done. He's a mover and shaker. And so what happens if within three or four years he's out the door? He gets an opportunity in pro sports to be like a deputy commissioner or something like that, or wants to get back in the front office space. What happens if he just takes off and all of a sudden, like a lot of these ideas that you've kind of bought into and invested in the person driving the bus is suddenly leaving. And who do you bring in then to replace them? And that is a real deal concern. I mean, I would love for Brett Yormark to be there with the big 12 for the long haul. I don't know how realistic it is. I, I think he's, Definitely someone that has big aspirations that, you know, wants to do more. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the end of the day, you would you would love for somebody to be there that's going to be there for the future. But we don't know how that's all going to play out. But in my mind, that's the most legitimate criticism is what if you start moving all these different directions and then suddenly you look up and Brett Yarmark's gone? But I think at the end of the day, here's where I fall on all this. Are there some ideas of his that I don't love? Yes. And that I ha- I'm i skeptical about them actually working? Sure. But what's the alternative? I mean, yes, we would love if there was somebody that could just walk that delicate tightrope of being forward thinking, but also not biting off more than you can chew. But at the same time, the alternative is kind of sitting on your heels, sitting back, waiting, being reactive instead of proactive. And the Big Twelve, frankly, did that for a long time and it didn't work. And I think Bob Bolsby took some unfair criticism because some things happened that were just simply out of control. But he lost Texas and Oklahoma. Um it, it seemed like the Big Twelve was always one step behind. And it always felt like they were the world was kind of shifting underneath them and they were having to jump around and adjust. And so I like this version of the Big 12 that is aggressive, that is forward thinking, that is trying things, that's trying to get things done because, you know, it's just better for the league as a whole. But I thought that was an interesting article. And if you want to check it out, it's on Football Scoop. It's written by Zach Barnett. And, again, the headline is, the Big 12's commissioner has a lot of big ideas. Are they all in the conference's best interest? We'll wrap up things when we come back next, uh, talking about Cole Fontenelle. He signed – a pro contract today. And so we'll discuss that next in Lockdown Horn Frogs. So Cole Fontenelle, who was a huge part of that College World Series run this past season, uh, he got picked in the seventh round by the Los Angeles Angels in this year's MLB draft. And according to Jim Callis from MLB, he signed that contract. Um, Looks like he'll get $256,000, which congratulations to him. That was his slot value. And he will be heading – to uh, the L.A. farm system and getting ready to play for the Angels of Anaheim hopefully one day. Cole's a really cool story. Um, You know, comes over from MCC Community College in Waco, uh, starts as a third baseman, D.H. type guy, not sure where he's going to fit in the lineup. And then David Bishop really struggled with the plate, and so he stepped in and became the guy at first base and just had an outstanding year. I mean, you could argue like Braden Taylor was incredible, but you could argue Cole Fontenelle was their most consistent hitter last season. 351 average, had 14 home runs, um, drove in a lot of guys, was really good in situational hitting, you know, hit a bomb in the College World Series. He was a special player for TCU last season, and so he'll be moving on to the pro ranks. A lot of guys moving on. Trey Richardson signed, Cole Fontenelle, um, Cam Brown, obviously Braden Taylor. The first-round pick, Luke Savage, signed an undrafted free agent deal with the Texas Rangers. And so losing a lot of players now, I still have a ton of hope for TCU baseball. I think they're reloading and adding some big names. But uh, congratulations Nicole Cole Fondale. I wanted to highlight him because he was such a big part of last year's team and a really cool story coming from the JUCO ranks and getting it done at the Power 5 level this past season. That'll do it for Lockdown Horned Frogs today and for this week we'll be back Monday. Again, it's your team, and we're here every day.